Hello everyone, this is Trevor and I'm here with Caden again. We're going to be doing our USFL Power Rankings and Recap 4.0. We merged these two uh, episodes that we do every week, so that started last week. So if you don't um, know what these episodes include, it's pretty much our Power Rankings for the USFL teams, as well as our uh, Player of the Week nods and our predictions for next week via the schedule. And um, we have a kind of a lot to talk about. The game's just wrapped up for week three of the USFL's second season. We had some great games yesterday and uh, gritty games today, in my opinion. So a lot of good ball was played. A lot of bad ball was played as well. So I guess we'll uh, go ahead and break this down and, and start off with our uh, updated power rankings after uh, after today, um, which is, again, the last uh, day of week three here. Um, and did we want to go over and just say who won week three real fast? Um, yeah, I think that might be good before the, uh, yeah. the, the power rankings. So we'll start off with the first game of the week, and you know it started off with a bang, an absolute bang. So we have a rerun of the rivalry we had last year. I'm pretty sure these players, they played them twice in the uh, regular season. Birmingham right? beat them the yeah, three times yeah. last year, including the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So there's a rivalry there. They're not allowed to eat uh, eat at the same time as each other, be around each other uh, off the field because this the Breakers and the Stallions do share Birmingham's stadium and facilities. So they're not allowed to be around each other. They do not like each other. This was a very heated game. And what was the score? The score was again it was a bang, forty-five to thirty-one. And we'll break down some of the stats that happened. And I'll start off with the Breakers side of the ball. And all in all, it was actually like a you know very surprising, very surprising performance for me. Not to, not 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 as much because I knew that they were gonna win even before I was like you know, I was, I was yeah. hyping them up. They have to win this game. They're going to win this game. Now the the way they won this game was completely different. I was not expecting that at all, at all. Forty five to thirty one. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a big shootout game and. Shout out to not only McCloy Bethel Thompson, who had a solid game, mm. um, only one error throw. 20, but, 20 for 28. Uh, he had 283 yards and three touchdowns, one interception with a QBR of 124.6. But I do have to say the player of this game is Wes Hills. Oh, yeah. He rushed the ball 34 times, 34 times for 191 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. He has six touchdowns in two weeks. He's balling out at a weird pace, but I think we did just witness the best running back performance in alternative league football history. Shout out to Wes Hills. If you guys aren't tuning into the Breakers games, he should make you want to. Very, He's a big power back, breaks tackles, guys bounce off of him, catches passes too. I think he caught three passes yesterday, um, but a very fun player to watch. But the Breakers definitely showed who is top dog right now. They're 3-0. and and the Stallions are now 2-1. and one. But the next game, um, the second game of Week 2 was which wait, one? Wait, wait, let's, let's talk about what the Stallions did with the ball. Because, you know, Magoo had a little bit of an off day. And, you know, it wasn't an off day for most quarterbacks because he was still, you know, 17 for 26, 238 yards, uh, two touchdowns, one interception with a QBR of 104.3. Not a bad game, but, you know, compared to last, last game where he had... 304 yards, what was it, four touchdowns? Four touchdowns, perfect and QBR. Perfect, no, it wasn't perfect. It was a it, couple points away. It was, uh, pretty sure it was, one, it was 149, 149, yeah. 149, perfect is uh, 158.3. Yeah. And it was just not a bad, you know, all, all in all, it was not a bad you know, performance by Alex Magoo, and 
he had those emotional throws and those emotional plays because he's an emotional player. And when it comes down to it, he's either emotionally good or emotionally bad. And he had those games or those those points in this game where he was selling, and he wasn't doing as good as as he was getting destroyed. Though he was getting destroyed. That that D line was getting to him every single play. There was almost pressure every single play, but he was dealing with it. Yeah, he was dealing with it. I saw one play where he he was textbook. He slipped to the left, swat like flipped his hips. Threw a dime 30 yards down the field. Yeah, you can make those NFL-esque mm-hmm. throws, but it just exactly. wasn't enough to win. Wasn't enough to win it. And, you know, 38 points, you know, 31 points is usually enough to win a game. But, you know, when you're playing against a team that scores 45, it just comes down to your defense. You, you just can't rely on your defense at all. Scooby Wright wasn't playing, so that definitely was a reason why the run game for the Breakers was working so much. But... Yeah, I mean, we kind of saw a convicting, a convincing victory from the Breakers, uh, an opening game of Week Three. So and the best receiving uh, performance that game was was named Davion Davis. Or Davion Davis, he was outstanding. He, he really five was. receptions, 120, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, he had a good game for the Stallions. Um, not not one dropped pass. Yeah, he knows what he's doing, and he had a really good play where Magoo rolled out right, was looking like he was going to run, then he flicked it back, and then Davion just took it down for like 40 yards. So uh, he knows how to play receiver. He's shifty. He's He's got enough muscle going on him. Yeah, he gets open, but he's, he's, he's a 50-50 guy. He goes up and he fights for it, and you can see that uh, in his work ethic. And they're a good team, but it's just weird to not see them undefeated going on after week three they were nine and oh at one point last year so it's going to be interesting to see if there's a new top dog mm. so we'll have to you know take a look at that maybe next week see if the stallions bounce back or maybe they go two and two yeah, but it is this it is the stallion's second loss since last years. year yeah second loss in two years and you know a loss a year is not bad no but uh, the next game on week three was... Memphis Showboats versus the Houston game. So now this one, you know, before heading into this game was one of those ones that could have gone either way. And even during the game, it was one of those ones where, yeah, I could see anyone winning this game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was it was all it was altogether a very good performance. It was a great teams. game. It was, it, it was, it was the best game, game of the, the weekend, in my opinion. And the most underrated player of the week was playing in that game. Cole Kelly. You know, I, yeah. Even though he got the L... And he didn't win the game. He lost in good fashion. And he balled out. He did. He was 21 for 38 with 307 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. And kind of a rough QBR, but it was a QBR of 88.4. Hey, I mean, honestly, the one thing, he look at his rushing yards, too. He had I, he was four, four attempts, 17 rushing yards. Was, the, was he the leading rusher? Yes, he was. He was the leading rusher. He threw for over 300 yards. He had two touchdowns. He had one bad throw, which was a pick. And he, threw he, for, he threw for over 300 yards. Th- over Yeah, over 300 over yards. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, it is, it is very And good. it was 26-31. to 31. Mm. What sealed it was a 18-second drive led by Kenji Bahar and the Gamblers. Cole Kelly did not lose this game. In and fact, he was the only reason they would have won it. Mm-hmm. Literally, talking talking about the Memphis, you know, we'll, we'll switch over to uh, the Gamblers in a little bit. But Ryan McDaniel is that his name? Ryan McDaniel had one of the best catches I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. entire life in this. Added game. on to that amazing, amazing bobbling touchdown catch, he had three receptions, seventy-one yards, 
a touchdown and averaging 23 yards per catch. Yeah, that's that's he's a deep threat. They just need to they need to protect Cole Kelly, and Cole mm-hmm. Kelly is the starter going forward over Brady White for he sure. He deserves it. He deserves it. He had a stellar performance and a loss. I mean, I I know that's I know it's a loss, but he he played his fucking heart out, he man. Did play his and you out. saw it. You really did. He was he was running. Mm-hmm. He had a good like he got two first downs with his legs. Right. I mean, he was doing what he could. He's six seven, bro. Six. He's seven. six seven. He was honestly. I remember one. I remember one play where he was just like stumbling around. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he got a first down. Yeah, I mean, he just falls forward and it's ten yards. Exactly. He's, He's six seven. Bro. And you know, they were on a they were on the goal line, and I was just bro. You have a six foot seven quarterback. Put him under that well, center's the issue, and go into the touchdown, Yeah, no, I, I wish they would have, but Should honestly, the coaching is the biggest issue for the Memphis Showboats. They have good talent, good upside, a good roster. It's just Todd Haley is a really bad coach, and with some of the decision-making, he didn't go for it on fourth and five, but and they were in the, and they were in the red zone. But what instead he did was kick the field goal, and then he elected to go for the possession play, which is instead of kicking off, go for the fourth and 25. What are you thinking? I don't know. Go for the touchdown. The, go for the touchdown two plays prior. What are you doing? Buddy's a goof. I, idiot. And then there was a huge... that Those two teams also do not like each other. Todd Haley and the head coach of the Gamblers, after the game, they were getting into a shouting match, didn't shake each other's hands. Like, there's a rivalry there brewing, and I want to see them meet again, and they will. Now, Kenji Bahar, he kind of took helm here. He yeah. kind of did, you know... Being, yeah, you know, we, we had like six picks in two weeks. Yeah, he threw a pick again. Seven picks in three weeks is awful. But let me just say this. He he looked more poised. He was running more, smart running, making smarter decisions. Uh, but it, I, it, I still am on that verge of they barely won the game. Yeah. He led a game-winning drive, though. Mm. But hey, I still want Terry Wilson to get a start. But, but it might be cleaner. Honestly... I like Kenji just because of not only the versatility that he brings to the game, but it's just, I feel like he's a more refined product. You know what I mean? Yes, I say that and I see it. And then I see a play like the final play of the second half where there's a wide open touchdown Mm. if he's just able to layer a ball. It was a dime to McFadden. It was a a dime right to the safety in in the the end zone. You can't do that. That's a touchdown. Tio Redding was wide open. You have to layer that ball. You have to drop it in between the linebacker and the safety, but he just can't do that. And it was like, it was there. I see what he was trying to do, but it was just... He sailed it. Three yards away. Three yards over his head. He won? They're they're one and two. They're, it's better than zero and three. They've definitely gone up on my power ranking board, which we will get into after we review each of the games that just occurred this weekend. But I kind of wanted to kind of fast forward a little bit into game three of week three. Um, again, the Gamblers did win thirty-one to twenty-six. Thirty-one to twenty-six, and you know something we didn't talk about was Mark Thompson. Mark Thompson had made his debut. Had the best touchdown run of the se- of the season so far. What about Darius Victor's run? Oh, uh, Darius Victor did just have another great run. Oh gosh, uh, Mark Thompson trucked three people. That's though. true. Mark Thompson did truck three people. Look out for Mark Thompson, guys. If you're out there listening and if you want to watch a USFL game, he's number seven for the Gamblers. He's a great running back, and he should be at least a rotational piece on a practice squad or even an NFL roster next year. He's very good. He deserves a shot. But moving into game three here, what was the teams and score? Ah, this is a this is a hard one to talk about, man. Pittsburgh Marlins took on my team, the Philadelphia Stars, and 
coming to this game, it was like, you know, the Mullers are the clear-cut worst team in the league. Yeah, clear-cut eight. Yeah, and now, you know, it was just, you know, they came in hot, you know, they're, they got that new kicker who's, you know, Made, he like, tied a he tied a record five insane. for five. He's out there making all banging kicks back to back. Fifteen of those points of of, of the twenty one were field goals Fucking from their kicker. Bullshit, bro. Um, but, but I do want to say this. It, oh, the score was twenty one to thirteen. The Maulers did come away with a win here. Um, but Troy Williams with the start, did, not a pretty stat sheet, bro. I mean, he won the game, but like... He, he played... I, I like him as their starter. He was 10 for 18, 96 yards, and a touchdown. That's clean. You it's know? clean, but it's like he had less than 100 yards. Check his rushing stats, though. He had 65 yards. He's a hard runner. He is. He's Seven a, attempts. He's, he's a, a hard runner. runner. Almost almost 10 yards on average per attempt, which is, you know, if, if you're over five, that's pretty much stellar. Yes. But Troy Williams, I think this is his first start. Showed some progress. Mm. He's only been thrown in and out of the first two weeks. He's a clear-cut starter. He is. He's got to be there week four. Get him those like, reps. You know, oddly enough, what was winning them that game, the entire all-game long, was defense. Isaiah Henney. Isaiah Henney, yes, but their no, defense. It was those, it was those fucking crazy-ass, like, 40- to 50-yard returns every single time they would punt the ball, and their defense was so good that, you know, and our offensive line was so unbelievably horse you know, dog water. The right tackle for the Philadelphia Stars needs to just probably hang it up after I think we actually we need to just clean house. With the O-line? Yes. I, I, I just don't know. The, the scarcity of those kind of athletes is hard enough to find just guys that want to do it. We need a fucking bag, though. You know, get, get some guys who yeah, are yeah. They do need to find some new pieces for their O-line. Maybe mm-hmm. make a trade mid-season yeah. for a good piece. But they... they Case had a lot of miscommunications with the wide receivers, and that's the OC's fault. And a little bit on both of the players' like sides there. But what really killed them was the O-line play. It was. They established no rush attack. They had six rushing yards in the first half. It's you can't win a game without at least like at least twenty-five rushing yards. Gary Groshek had more rushing yards than the entire Philadelphia Stars team. Garrett Groshek. Uh, Shout out to Garrett Groshek, but he's a fat-ass white guy who's a fullback. Big like, he's not... And he, and he falls forward for six, seven yards every time. Third and one, fourth and one, you give it to Garrett Groshek. But if you give it to Matt Colburn, who I love, I love Matt Colburn, especially on the backfield, good receiving back, but there's no interior rush like, attack we for the Stars. Not, we were not, like, ever put in the position to actually have a good run game, you know? You know, a good run game doesn't just stem from the running back and I'm not saying that the running back play was good and you know especially that game it was it was lacking it was lacking it the was. whole time but and they have Dexter Williams that they don't use yeah, no, they, they don't, don't use, use he's a power back mm-hmm. where and is he it just but it, it doesn't help when you have Boogie Roberts and Ruben Foster in the sea and Tazino shout out to Tazino they're in the gaps and they're shooting the gaps every single play Boogie Roberts had one hell of a game but my defensive player of the week is Reuben Foster. 13 tackles, two tackles for loss, and a pick. Yeah. And a and a pass breakup. He's going crazy. He, he went fucking insane today. He's going crazy. He, he, I, that that clear-cut mm-hmm. defensive player, potentially of the year. But I mean, you know, back to just Case Cook as a whole. I mean, he had... One of the picks was because of a crucial sack that they took. Yes, and, and Re- that sack was a big... That was the uh, Reuben Foster, Foster pick. He got hit as he was throwing it. Just was not a, his fault. It was just a pop-up. Mid-motion, got smashed. Yeah. I mean, you could say that he you know, he probably should have just took the sack, but 
it was it was on like he was mid throw his mid-throw. eyes were downfield like you're not when you're mid throw you're winding up oh let me, you're not like let me look around real quick yeah you know what yeah, I mean I, I, but either way the the, the pass in. rush for the Maulers was relentless I think they might have a top three defense in the league with the win today with consistent quarterback play no turnovers by the quarterback he had like over 150 all purpose yards that's what like I you know, that's fine yeah. that's better than James Morgan. Yeah. It's better than the 70 yards You're in a game you'd get. James yes. But I think Troy Williams made a case. He won his first start. I don't want to see the Stars lose because I love Case Cookus, <laughs> but they look really bad. Yeah. And they got to come together and do something about their offense. Like their the, defense was making plays. We're like the Tampa Bay Rowdies right now. We need to get it together, bro. They get informed. Exactly. But what was game four, the one that just concluded, not maybe a, uh, 30 minutes ago? Game four was the New Jersey Generals versus the Michigan Panthers. And I, I don't want to know, you know, before before I talk about this game. Both of these games were played on Ford Field today. Both games, same field and electric atmosphere. For, for the Panthers, there was a big crowd. The lower bowl behind each bench looked full. Behind each of the uh, end zones looked decently full. Um, but what really got me was how shocking the generals played mm-hmm. the generals came out and it was like 28 to 13 28 to 13 win over mm-hmm. the panthers they knocked them out of their 2 and 0 spot they're now 2 and 1 and Deontay Johnson was starting all game and hey hey hey, hey. He, he, at first half he was good man oh and you should have seen the 72 yard bomb <laughs> he unleashed in the fourth quarter really i 20, I, I stopped watching like mid mid third yeah quarter. i understand but deandre looks good he had a great game a couple mistakes with that fumble Kept the other team in it until the fourth quarter. Then they just pulled away because Josh Love was just not making the plays that we saw him make in week one and in week two to get those two wins. But honestly, I was shocked more than anything about the the Panthers' defense. They were yeah. not showing up against the rush attack. Darius Victor, shout out to him. He had one Gee, fucking bro. hell of a game. He touched Gee. the ball. At one point in this game, he touched the ball twice. He had 81 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, Darius <laughs> Thick Thighs Victor is going crazy. He Thick Thighs... Save lives. In this instant, they saved the whole goddamn team. They saved the team from going 1-2 and two to now 2-1. and one. The, the Generals are the team to beat in the North right now. They are the team. That, they knocked off the Panthers. They The pan, the, the Stars don't look good. And then the Maulers. I mean, I have no faith in the Maulers in a meaningful hey, ooh, game. Ooh, but ooh. Have faith in the Maulers. I will. Don't have faith in them to win the whole shit. No, I, I, I don't think that they can beat the Panthers. I don't think that they can beat... Uh, I don't think that they can beat the Generals... Um, they already lost to him, but again, keep in mind each conference team plays each conference uh, opponent twice, so they get to see each other twice this league, and then they play out of conference. I definitely uh, want to run it back with the Maulers. You gotta, you gotta run it back I with the Maulers, bro. Ones. I mean, Case that was a that was a rough, rough game. But Literally. this was a great week three, electrifying performances and a lot of high scoring games. Good quarterback play, good running back play, more than anything. Good defensive plays here and there. But um, there was some bad quarterback play by the Panthers today and some rough quarterback play by the Philadelphia Stars as well. Two teams I did not expect that from in Week 3 here. But I guess we're going to go on to our power rankings if we want to kind of... We didn't even talk about the Panthers. Oh, we didn't... Oh, yeah, we, we didn't talk about the... Josh Love, Josh rough Love, performance. Rough performance came out 15 of 31 with 101 yards with a QBR of 42.5. And he had a pick. And he had a pick. Carson Strong did come in for about a couple drives here in the, at the end of the first half, and he did kind of show promise. Went 4 of 9 for like 40-something yards and a touchdown to Trey Quinn. Well, it was, oh, yeah, it was, it was uh, 
62 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions with a QBR of 104.9. So maybe Carson Strong is the quarterback moving into week four. I think he will be, yeah. We got to see. Josh Love did put up that historic performance week one with that 90% completion rating, but it's just one of those things where you got to kind of just focus on just the initiative of who's going to take helm at, at quarterback there. I think... You know, I, I want to see Josh Love succeed. I want to see him continue to to, to win games for the Panthers because he's been in the league. He's been a part of the league. But honestly, if Carson Strong has the hotter hand, you got to go with Carson Strong, and I don't I don't knock them for that at all. Um, Reggie Corbin had a good game. Stevie Scott had a good game. Uh, Trey Quinn did have a good game. Had a couple catches here and there. I also did want to shout out Bailey Gaither for the Pittsburgh Maulers. He had a couple catches on screen plays. Uh, he was it for them. Um, but I, I do kind of want to go go into our power rankings here, oh, yeah. so Caden, I'll let you go in. Uh, start out from eight, and let us know what you got here if you uh, want to update your power rankings, see what changed. Yeah, I, 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 I knew last time I said I was going to write them down because it would be a very useful thing to have. And right now it would be very useful to have, but I don't have them in front of me, and I, I kind of messed up on, on doing that. But I'm going to start off at number eight and go down to number one. Number eight, you know, I, I'm such a big fan of the Philadelphia Stars. They weren't looking too good, but... You're putting them at eight? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I'm such a big fan of them, I can't put them at eight. I just, I can't find it in my heart to put them at eight. I'm going to have to go with the 0-3 team, the only 0-3 team in the league, even though you can make an argument that they not only played better, but they literally scored more points than the Stars did. Yeah. You know, as a whole, and, and Stars are playing the, the worst team in the league. According to our power According, rankings. Well, honestly, just they were. Yeah. Until they won today, they were the worst team. They were 1-9 last year, and then they started 0-2. Oh exactly. I mean, they were the worst team, bro. So, in you know, number number seven, I'm going to have to go Philadelphia. I love Philly. I'm a big Eagles fan. I love Case Cookus. I love what they were able to do last year. And, you know, we started off last year a little rough. You know, we weren't even the best team in our division. We were... Six and four. Going into the but playoffs. But it was yeah. enough to get into the playoffs. And if we can do enough to get into the playoffs, you know, I think playoff Case Cookus is not a not, not a very friendly quarterback you want to face off against. Last last season he was absolutely brutal in the playoffs. He, he was amazing. I mean we we went out there, we stunned the nine and one uh generals. We went out there, we were stunning the the, the Stallions. The Stallions. They, they, they had the lead. They broke his fucking leg. Broke his leg <laughs> in a in a crucial moment. But yeah. So um, I'm have to put them at seven just because you know, Case wasn't looking good. But I think the, the main reason he wasn't looking good was it comes down to not only coaching, but the O-line. O-line was not there to support him. The running game was not there to support him. Yeah. And, you know, actually, now that I think about it, yeah, the running game was, just, you know, usually... Bro, they, had like, they had like 14 exactly. rushing yards out of the running backs. When bro. a quarterback is cold, what do you do? You run, run the ball. Run the ball. Get us your playmakers. But they had nothing. They had nothing. So, so. he was forced to throw the ball... A lot. And even when he was cold, he still threw it, and it was just... It, it was, was cold. It was I mean, he has cold. four picks in two weeks now. It's not looking too good. But uh, I'm very confident that the Stars could get back to being a top three, top yeah. four team in the league. One and two is not no, game over. No, it's not bad at all. It's, it's not game over. It was just the, this is the starting of the season. You know, even we saw it in Premier League when, you know, when the season started. Manchester United were the worst team in the league throughout five weeks. Yeah. They were legit dead last. And now I think the third. 
They're third in Premier League. If they can pull in a form here around week four or five or six, exactly. then they, they need can to kick it into high gear. Do something. Granted, there is there's only ten games, but so there's enough to get. At to eight, get you out. have the Showboats. Exactly. At seven, you have the Stars. At six, you have the Houston Gamblers. Houston Gamblers. Even though they came away with a dub, you still gotta still yeah. not enough to have them over the uh, or the to have them over the the one and two Maulers. I don't I, I don't think so. Actually, I don't think about it. The Maulers. Maulers at six. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Maulers. I, I was I was really looking at all the teams when I when I said that. So Maulers, I have you know even they they did just beat you know the, the stars and I, I feel like the the gamblers had a, you know faced you know they did they, they did face the showboats but they they showed more promise they they scored thirty points yeah they scored thirty points at coming into second the, time exactly. in a row they scored over thirty mm-hmm. points they they're, they not only were they, they weren't really winning games at the start they were zero and two. But they were showing promise in every game they, they were in. Yeah. You know, they almost won every game they were in. It was always a, a hard-fought, closely-fought battle. You know, they, they could have... You could make arguments that they could have won both of those games. They could have. They really could have. But it was just those crucial mistakes. Those yeah, crucial it was. turnovers. So, Pittsburgh Marlins at 6. And then Houston Gamblers at 5. Yeah. Which we've talked about. Exactly. Yeah. They're just kind of a mid-team. They are a mid-team. But then you score. They have upside. They do have upside. But who do you got at 4 here? Number 4. The, Jer- the New Jersey Generals just beat the Michigan Panthers. You know, the Birmingham Stallions just lost to the New Orleans Breakers. Right now, y- the the Stallions are 2-1, and one, the Generals are 2-1, and one, and the Panthers are 2-1. You know, the Stallions are the best 2-1 team in the league. The Generals, I don't think I can have them over the, the Stallions just yet. No. But I do have them over the Michigan Panthers, just because they just beat them. Yeah. You know? And Michigan Panthers, you know, four seems like a, a, a very good spot for them. They're not overly good, but they're going to put up a fight, especially in those those two games that they did win. They put up a fight against the Stars. Yeah. And that defense is just so overwhelming, like overwhelmed with talent. It's insane. It is. Frank Ginda. Um, Breland, Breland Speaks. Speaks. They have a uh, ton of playmakers. Carter, the number number seven, Carter. I mean, yeah, number Carter and Ballard, their safety, number seven. He's a hard hitter, ball hawk kind of guy. They have the good defense, and Mike it, Nolan is not a slouch coach, guys. Dude, they show me with resemblance the way they play with the Lions, man. They have that high motor. They high. They have that high uh, intensity. They they play their hearts out every do. every down, and that's what makes them good. You know, in our Rowdy's recap, we were talking about form. We were talking about. How you know, if you they're in good, in good form exactly if you're in good form it could take you a long way, and those Detroit teams those hard gritty teams, they play emotional, and when an emotional team is feeling good when an emotional player is feeling good, you know they're usually the best yeah you know what I mean, and when the when the when the, when the Panthers are really clicking they're, they're very very they, good. they are when they're really not good when, when they're, they're not they're not we saw what they looked like week one exactly we we did we see what they can be. But for now, I'd leave them at four. Yeah. And the Generals, I don't think they've done... They haven't done enough to put them over the signs yet. And the New Orleans Breakers are just... You know, they're, they're just better than, than the Generals. Yeah. So, and, one, uh, you have the Breakers. Two, you have the Stallions. Three, you have the Generals. Yes. Four, you have the Panthers. Five, you have the Stars. Five, six, you no, have... No, the, five, I have the Gamblers. Five, you have the Gamblers. Six, you have the Maulers. Seven, you have the Stars. Mm. Eight, you have the Showboats. Yes. That is a good ranking. I like that. Um, I'll kind of go through mine real quick. Um, I'll turn off my lo-fi to get into my notes because I actually have my last week's power rankings. And I'll read that off real fast as well. Um, 
last week I had, oh, uh, let's see. Very busy week. I, I take that back. I don't actually have them. I apologize. But what I had was kind of almost what it is going to be this week, I imagine, if I listen back to it. But at 8, I have the Memphis Showboats after going 0-3. They're 0-3. You can't dispute that. Uh, 7, I'm going to go with the Stars as well. Um, they just are lackluster. Don't look like they're in form. Um at six, I'm gonna go the Gamblers. A little bit of a shocker there. They've scored more than the Maulers. I could put the Maulers here, but I do have a little biasy. I think Troy Williams is gonna come into form, and I think he's a better quarterback than Kenji Bahar with decision making. I think he has a better arm, and he's more agile. But again, we'll have to see. But uh, I'm gonna put the Gamblers at six, and then the Maulers at five, and then at four, I'm going to go ahead and put the Michigan Panthers. And then at three, I'm going to put the um, the New Jersey Generals. Ooh. And then I'll probably put the Stallions at two. And then the Breakers at one. They so just we both got Breakers at yeah. one. The, the, the Breakers just knocked off the top dog. They have to be at one. They're 3-0. Oh, yeah. and oh. They're the only undefeated team still. We'll see if they can maintain that. Those expectations are high. McCloy Bethel-Thompson looks like a poised West veteran. Hills. West Hills is going off at running back position. And then they obviously have Jonathan Adams and Johnny Dixon at wide receiver who are just playmakers. Shout out to those guys as well as their defense, which is completely stout. Shout out to Railford and, uh, uh, gosh, Alexander. Uh, I don't know his first name. Dreads, I think, number three. Really good yeah, corner. Yeah, he is good. He is good. I, think, I, I don't want to mess up his first name, but they, they have a ton of really good players on the defensive side of the ball. But my... Uh, my defensive player of the week is Reuben Foster on the Pittsburgh Maulers, linebacker, former first-round pick for the San Francisco 49ers. I'd have my, to agree with you there. Yeah, my offensive player of the week is going to be Wes Hills, running back for the uh, New Orleans Breakers, former CFL guy. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Just 191 rushing yards, three touchdowns. I mean, come on, he deserves it. Exactly. He ran his way to that award. Um, and then special teams player of the week, I do think I should go with Blewett, the kicker for the Maulers, but I'm actually going to go with Isaiah Henney, uh, kick returner and punt he returner for the Maulers. just putting them in every position for Look up picks. his averages. Look up his averages. He's It's well-deserved. And, Caden, would you mind pulling up the schedule <coughs> for week four here so that we can do our predictions gotcha, for week gotcha, four? Gotcha. We apologize if we sound a little stuffy. It's kind of allergy season. Um, yeah. And I apologize for not having the lo-fi on. Had to just use my phone and also kind of have a new little setup for the pod here. It's kind of a nice little cleaner setup and uh, hopefully it sounds a little nicer and you know a little more professional for right. you guys out there. And shout out to anyone listening in, downloading our stuff or giving us a follow. We're uh, just always trying to strive to get better. Yeah, really can. Every, every week, every day, it's, hey, what content can we drop here that sounds good, that's going to be entertaining, that's going to captivate an audience. And we try and bring that to everyone uh, out there listening. Um. And definitely, if you guys don't follow us on Twitter, at Tea Time Reports, we are incredibly active with not only USL, Tampa Bay Rowdy stuff, but we're incredibly active with USFL and XFL Alternative League Football. Uh, we live tweet games. We talk about just sports in general. Um, and then you guys can, if you want, follow our personal accounts to kind of get to know us better, you know, what our ideologies are, what our thoughts are, passions and and loves are in life, so just something to think about if you guys are interested. But uh, that's at Tea Time Reports on Twitter and Instagram. So thank you very much for that. 
But uh, we'll go ahead and give you our predictions for week four and uh, maybe even our bets over and unders and stuff like that. But we, uh, week four, game one, Caden, who, uh, who are the teams playing here? Houston Gamblers and the Philadelphia Stars. This will be a test to exactly. both teams. Both teams need this. And you know, we see this position a lot with a lot of sports teams, and this is just another one of those things, which is a make or break, you know what I mean? It is. The, the Stars cannot afford to go 1-3. Gamblers cannot afford to go 1-3. Yeah, it is a test for both offenses and defenses, and obviously for <coughs> coaching. But um, it's just something to think about. This is These two teams are 1-2 and two each, so they need a win here to go 2-2 two and two to go 500. If they go 1-3, and three, that's... That's going to be interesting. Um, you have to climb uh, climb your way out of a hole, so that's not something you want to do in the opening weeks of the season. But I hate to say this, but I'm going to go with the Houston Gamblers here over the Stars. The yeah. Stars just don't look like themselves. Yeah. They just look lackluster. Their coaching staff is just not making the right calls. The wide receiver play I thought would get better because they have so many weapons, but it's just their O-line is not there to protect and maintain the pocket for Case. He's always got someone in his lap, and it's just it's a shame. It is a shame. The Stars should be undefeated. But I feel like the Houston Gamblers' defensive, you know, their rush is not good enough. I don't feel like it's good enough to get to, to Case. Their defense is not good enough. They've, dropped, they've let so many points be scored on them. 26 yep. last week and then 38 the week before. I mean, right. there's no defense being played on Every their side. Every single game that we've played except for the Showboats, it was hard defense. It was one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah. Both defenses. The, the, uh, the, the Gamblers and, and the, the Panthers. Exactly. And they, they, were just, they were just such good defense. But the Gamblers, they're, they're not that good. Their, their defense, I, there's, I see so much holes in it. Their uh, the rushing attack is just lackluster. Yeah, maybe this is where the stars actually get a rush I attack. Think they will. I think they will. So you're taking the stars here. I'm taking the stars here, but I'm taking them by dominant a, sl- a slim margin. I'm taking my dominant fashion. Oh, you're gonna they're gonna shit on. I'm them? saying we're gonna make a statement. Oh, okay. All right. I, I got Houston in a tight game. I'm betting over on this game. Okay. Uh, if you are betting out there, <coughs> what's the what's the differential if? Oh, those aren't posted yet. We'll do another yeah, USFL and chill episode later this week before the games actually start to do a another little, uh, I guess, episode on the USFL. I'll get Logan on for sure with Caden uh, and I here. But yeah, I'm taking the Gamblers over the Stars here. So, game two. Memphis Showboats at the Michigan Panthers. Uh, it's I'm, in four field. I'm going to say the Michigan Panthers here. I think the Memphis Showboats are going to go 0 and 4 because just because of coaching. But, but Cole Kelly's going to come in. He's had a 307 yard. I don't game. want to shit on Cole Kelly, but like Michigan Panther, the, they're going to win at home. They need to win at home. They need to win at Ford Field for that crowd. Yeah, and the, you know the Michigan Panthers just—they were bad this week. Yeah, they were bad. But I'm going to take the Michigan Panthers. They're two and one. Unless you think an upsets here, I. I that would be crazy. That would be fucking crazy if the I don't think I don't think they win. I don't think they lose at Ford Field. I think you know, they're going to have that crowd behind them. Yeah, I think the Panthers beat the Showboats here for sure. Me too. So we're going to go on to Game Three: New Orleans Breakers versus the New Jersey Jets. This is a this great is a game. Stunner. This is a great game. Wow. This game, is of game, game, yeah, of this is game of the week. This is Game of the Week for sure. Game of the Week. I got. Uh, sorry for that. That little scream there. <laughs> I got. Uh, I fuck. Give me the breakers here. They're three and zero. Okay. I'm going breakers. I think that's a safe pick. Give me thick thighs. 
Give me uh, New Jersey Generals. Yeah, I can't bet against Darius Victor, though. But we cannot go against Darius Victor. Yeah, I'm going to switch it to the Generals. I'm switching it to the Generals. That's Haram. That is Haram if you're betting against fucking Darius Victor. He's a legend of the Darius Thick Thighs Victor is going to come in and change the game, bro. Yeah, I, I got the Generals running this way, running these guys off the field. They I haven't say, faced an offense like them. The Generals might be number exactly. one after next week. That's crazy. They were shit week one. Mm. Scored three points. I think it's because Prune Cup, bro. Well, no, I, I, there was mistakes on both parties of DeAndre and Prukup. DeAndre has not been good except this no. this past game. He, he balled out. Of this form and just keep on giving it to Darius. Bro. They do, but yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Generals over the Breakers. Actually, me too. Birmingham Stallions game four, last last game of the week. Birmingham Stallions versus Pittsburgh Maulers. Who do you got? Birmingham. You got Birmingham over the Pittsburgh yeah. Maulers? Magoo's going to go out there slim. I'm taking the Maulers. Okay. I'm taking... I think they have... So I'm not going to lie to you, bro. They might have the best defense in the league. Um, especially after what I just saw from the Panthers. Yeah, what I've bro. seen out of the Maulers uh, these first three weeks is a consistent defense week in and week out. There are shitty games to watch, but the defense is playing their ass off, keeping yeah. their offense within one to two scores. Like it's just the quarterback. It makes play. sense. It makes sense why they're they're set as a good offense. I, look at the roster. I think genuinely the Maulers can win this game, and I want to see them win this game. But those are our predictions for Week Four of the USFL's second season. So if you guys want to tune in uh, later this week, we'll probably have another USFL episode coming out. You know, with the active uh, activations and roster changes before Week Four. I always like to talk about that. I think it's important information. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate you guys for tuning into this USFL Power Rankings and Recap 4.0 episode. Uh, Caden, thanks for taking your time and doing oh, yeah, this. Man. I know we're a little stuffed up, a little uh, congested, uh, but we like to do this. I love to do this. I love exactly. to talk to the people out there and inform them on things we love and care about, like this league. And it's it's been great so far. I think season two has been great. I think the USFL is doing great things. After looking at Ford Field earlier. The crowd there, they're doing great things. The field things. looks so good, too. It did. It did like, look I was good. watching that XFL game, and the field just looked like shit. The, the playoff game? Yes. It was shit. The field looked like shit. It, pl- it was shit. The field looked like horrible. They had extra soccer, uh, like, this, yeah. it was a soccer field, and like they had shit, the bro. lines from the former game. It's like, I was so confused. I thought some I of the thought, touchdowns. Yeah, I thought the dude was out. Pearson, was I actually, thought, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. in. I thought, I was like, am I watching rugby here? Like, what the fuck is this? weird, bro. But I tweeted that out and said, guys, like, oh, it was a soccer field, soccer match before. It's like, bro, do they not have the budget to just get a new uh, a new pitch in there? It's weird. Big, like, it's a playoff game. It's uh, a playoff game for your first season. There's a USL team that plays in a, uh, in, in a baseball field. Yeah, and we played them in the playoffs, and you you can actually oh yeah, see it was terrible there. It was, yeah, I remember that. But that's how you just though. enforce injury on people, bro. But <laughs> thank you guys for shit. tuning into this USFL uh, power rankings episode. If you guys want more of these, definitely let us know via Instagram or Twitter and uh, reach out to us. Get interactive; it's greatly appreciated. Um, but Caden, thank you again for doing mm-hmm. this, brother. Much love, and much love to all of our uh, supporters and listeners out there right now. So hopefully you guys are watching USFL games and tuning into these USFL episodes. It's something we're very passionate about, and it's a big part of the show. But uh, again, much appreciated to all of you tuning in. Thank you, guys. Somos Raudis. Yes, sir.